Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. I hope you're all doing all well out there. I'm currently recording this in insane heat in early September. I'm not really sure how or why this is happening, apart from global warming. But, you know, we are where we are, and I've I've turned my fan off for 30 seconds to record this intro, and I am regretting every single one of those seconds. So I'm going to make this as brief as possible. This week, I'm chatting with Bailey Wood, who is the singer and guitarist of Mavis, uh, based up in Manchester. We talk about putting a band together, recording your rehearsals, and of course, what else? Petting a mangy cat. <laughs> so, you know... I, you, you'll find out it's a very strange story um, I'm not going to blather on any longer really and I'm just going to say on with the interview so today on the podcast I am chatting with Bailey who is the singer and guitarist of Mavis is probably the best way to describe you Bailey how are you? Yeah, I'm good man how are you? alright you know got, got a mug of tea so nearly finished but I'm, I'm doing well I'm doing well you know <laughs> So you told me to bring beer, you said get an alcoholic beverage. And if you want, so. it's is, is what I put, I think. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so my first question, as always, is from an online random question generator. And the question this week is, what do you wish you had learned five years before you did? Five years before I did? Um, man, that stumped me, that. Five, five, five years? I am pretty happy with things. I'm not gonna lie. I am pretty. I am pretty happy with things. Uh, what I wish I learned five. I'll tell you what, that, that you know, you get nothing. Yeah, this is what it is. You get nothing useful done after two in the morning. Just go to bed. Just go to bed. It don't matter how good you think things are getting when you wake up in the morning. It it's it's not it's not worth it. Just go to bed. <laughs> yeah nothing nothing i think i'm gonna quote charlie star on this and nothing worth a damn happens after 2am go to bed go to bed if you're listening to this at 2am go to bed <laughs> well there you are life life words there life wisdom but you didn't expect to hear that in that question so my first real question for you i guess is how did you get into music in the first place i think it it was i, I was kind of surrounded by music i think i was one of them when i was a kid i mean my dad played guitar in a band he was in a band for years called soul city exile and i'm not even not even just because he's my dad really good tunes like it's a bigger sort of thing for me where it's like if i don't think my song one of my songs is like half as good as his then (laughs) no one can hear it type thing um it was always around and it, there was always the attraction to, to guitar. It was, you know, over them, over them, my dad. And, you know, th- there's pictures of me in, in the studio as, as a baby, like sat behind, sat behind a drum kit with no clothes on <laughs> and stuff in the studio. You know what I mean? Um, but other than that, like, I guess the thing that got me into guitar was probably over them, my dad was a combination of, Angus Young and Slash. Yeah, when you're a kid, I think genuinely one of my earliest memories is, is probably watching the, the, the Welcome to the Jungle video. I think it's the Welcome to the Jungle video because all I remember is this If you ask me of like what's one of my earliest memories, I just have this picture in my head and it's looking up at that and seeing that. And yeah, so I don't know. 
But Angus Young, I, I, I deny any kid to what you know who watches ACDC and doesn't look at Angus Young and think that is the coolest thing in the world. I think he might be right there. Might be right there. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> that is that. So you. So I guess from them, that was where you went. I think I should play guitar, basically. Um. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I always wanted to play guitar, and uh, my vid and my vid and my vid and my vid for guitar. But oddly enough, um, my dad never wanted me to play. Even though I said he was a player and he was a big inspiration. It wasn't just my dad that was into music. My mum was into music. Um, she was more into kind of musical side of things. Um, like like show musical, not not like musical, you know what I mean? Um, and my grandma played piano and stuff like that. But my dad never wanted me to play guitar because he didn't want to seem like... One of them football that's that's at the, do you know what I mean? Where where this sat sort of the side of the pitch screaming and bawling at the kid, you know, to relive like some kind of glory they never reached type thing. He didn't want to see him like that. Do you know what I mean? So he really tried to not, you know, put it put off off me getting one. But I guess I don't know. I guess I I spent that long staring at his and and trying to pick it up and <laughs> that eventually I got one but yeah fair you you bugged and bugged and then here you are <laughs> Essentially. yeah yeah but I mean I didn't even pick it up straight away I you know I tried and my dad didn't teach me much now he taught me E minor because it's like one of the easiest cards it's like fingers and like a cheat way of playing G and from there that's that you know I just that's I made it up from that point like I play just just the other day because Will the bassist in the band he plays he, he was a guitarist and one day he's looking at me I'm like yeah alright what, what is it he's like what are you doing and it's just a bar chord but I learned to play bar chords wrong because they're so hard when you're a kid this this is hard I used to learn every song in until I get like a verse and then it gets to the chorus and it was a bar chord or something. I was like, too hard, that. Too hard. <laughs> so I didn't pick it up. I, you know, I, I'd always picked it up. But I was more interested in making noise, you know. Like, um, I didn't start really doing it until I was a little bit older. I don't know. I don't know how old I was. It still seems like forever ago. I was still a kid. But I remember I was put off for a bit, you know, because I learned a bit. I was like, oh, it's a bit hard, that. But I always picked it up, and and then one day I don't know, it just clicked. Like this is what you do, you know. Because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really know how to do much else. Like, like there was a part you enjoy it though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be awkward if you didn't. <laughs> oh, it'd be awful. I'd, I'd, I'd spent, I'd wasted a, 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 I say I'd watch my language there. I'd wasted a right load of money. <laughs> if I don't like it, I don't like. That's true. That's true. So moving forward a bit, how did the band get together in the first place? The band getting together. Well, the way I see it, the band. You know, you've watched me kind of try to to build this thing over the past few years, but Mavis has kind of only really existed as more of a concept until this point, as far as I'm concerned. Until we found Reese and Will, and now it's like. 
now it's a band. Do you get what I mean? Like, um, I was playing with a few people and Brett, who you know, was in uh, Keramat. Hi, Brett, if you're listening. Um, he was helping me out for a while while, you know, I didn't have musicians. And um, I was just sort of trying to piece piece the stuff together to do it with because I'd had experiences in old bands, you know, of, of going to studios and you've only got a certain amount of money and a certain amount of time to do it. And you go in, you record it and you think, yeah, that was really cool. And you, you get the results back and you're not as happy as you thought you'd be. And, you know, and it's one thing, you know, it's either you're playing or you don't like, even if it's not you're playing and it's the mix, say, you know, you come up with all these things, but it's just because, you know, you either weren't as good as you, you thought you were or, you know, you don't have the budget to to pay for X amount of mixes and really good, you know what I mean? Because that's the thing is everything costs money. If you want something done right, it costs money, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? You don't, it, it doesn't say, I mean, you're, you're a mixing engineer. Are you not? Mm-hmm. I can confirm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, uh, you probably get a fair amount of people trying to take the mic, you know, with, with some of the prices, I, I'd assume. You hear stories of people, you know, kicking off over certain things like that. But the truth is, if you want something good, you got you got to pay for it, you know. So... My solution was obviously, like a lot of people, it was was do it yourself, and you come up with all the uh, all kinds of problems. I mean, over the past few years, I'm not sure how long you've been following me now. It's a few years though. I can't remember this distance. A while. But there was a point where we, you know, we took over a few permanent rooms and stuff like that with the idea of setting up a studio, and this was the building idea being we wanted we called live because you know rock and roll and that kind of thing. We just wanted to to get in there and record live, you know, we didn't care if we had to do a thousand takes. We just wanted to, that, that's that, you know, to us, that's kind of a big part of it. It's not how we're doing it at the minute, just because of the nature of how things are. You know, we're recording at the minute in a studio that I built in, in my house, which is not anything fancy. It's just a little, little two bed terrace, like, like anything else up it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I've built a big, massive soundproof, box in a room that it really shouldn't be in <laughs> and <laughs> um we're actually you know i'm talking to you in my kitchen now which you know is full of out there's less kitchen you i don't even know what what we've got we've got it's just all out, i'm sat at a desk around by outboard because I, I i love all the outboard stuff i do use plugins and all that. i don't want to get into the whole digital analog thing but i just really personally love using it there's, you know, I, if I try mixing and things with plugins and stuff, then I, I go down a loop of, oh, we'll just put this out, we'll just do this, oh, we could add this, oh, well, you just start trying to overcompensate for things, and then you end up making all these problems by just adding loads of stuff, whereas it's like these, it's like tools, and it's everything I've been doing has been trying to simplify the whole thing, if that makes sense. Like, because you come up against all these problems, you know, um, and it, it's you got to simplify it so that you can do things fairly quick, which is something I've not been successful with over the past few years, and that's why I've been ironing out a lot of issues, you know. And now we, we've just got to. But um, I don't even know what the question was now. I'm just I'm just going on one about this stuff. On you go, on you go. Um, we were just talking about how the band started. We're talking about how the band. Oh, we talked about how the band started. I'd say 
last year I was working for a drummer and didn't know I, you know, I know a lot of drummers and I know a lot of really good drummers but I didn't I was looking for someone that's like on the same wavelength and there is a certain magic in it and it's not it's not to do with technical ability at all with me I mean you, you gotta know your way around the thing but like it really is like with with, with Reese when he as soon as he knocked on we did the audition thing here and it's funny because when I asked him, it was actually the the conversation went. So, because uh, he was my brother's mate, you see, and I, uh, my brother Harvey gave me his number, and I rang him up and I was like, "So, how good a drummer do you reckon you are then?" And it, so I hear someone in the background shout, "Really good." I'm like, okay. Well, at the time we had a, a gig booked a couple of weeks. I had a gig booked a couple of weeks later. I was like, Jack, can you be ready for then? And he's like, oh. And he come around. And I didn't, he didn't even, before he even sat at kit, I just opened the door and I was like, you know what, you're the guy. And it was exactly the same thing. And, and then he sat down at the, it was only the electric kit, but straight away it was just, this I don't know. It's just a you know you hear people go on in like every documentary. There's like a magic or a gel, and it really is true. It, and that, that's exactly what happened. And the same thing when Will walked through the door. And it's funny because Will hadn't picked up. It was the same scenario, exactly the same scenario. Me and Reese had a gig booked, and we weren't sure if we could do it at the time. But you see, I've got uh, I got um, my friend. I'm good friends with uh, the owner of the spinning shop down the road. It's down the road for me. It's in Stockport. Um, really good venue. It's 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 a bar, but he set it up like a venue, and it's really cool. And he, he really does try and do a lot for for music, Mike. Uh, so shout out to Mike if he, if, if he hears. But he does. Uh, they're running a Stockport Blues Festival there soon. In fact, by the time you share this, it might have actually already happened. But. He always asked me to do acoustic things, and when I can do do an electric thing, because he knows that you know I've been looking for musicians for ages, and I told him I'd found Reese and said, do you, want, do "You know, do you want a gig?" He offered his gig. Um, so then Will comes for his audition, and we go right. We've got a gig in two weeks. And do you reckon he can do it? And it was exactly the same thing, and he did. He, he did it, you know. Uh, he learned the songs. Uh, then those two weeks, he, he hammered it. And the guy hadn't played a bass before that day. What? He never played bass. Uh, oh, right, okay. Never played bass. And he did it. He, he nailed it. And it was a perfect fit. And it was like, this is it now. It was like a good coming together of everything for me. Because, you know, the whole... Mavis thing has been knocking around and I've just been trying to get it going and going for ages it felt like for me like spinning its wheels and then it was like when we found both them guys it it's alright this is it now and here you are so where, where did the band name come from because it's quite an unusual choice of name well see the band name that that was the thing I, I, you know I write I write songs a lot and I'm always doing I'm always doing something, but like the, I can write lyrics and 
but band names for some reason I couldn't do it because uh, I wanted this everything I come up with either sounded like something that had been or it, it kind of alluded to a, a genre say you know like oh that sounds a bit metal that sounds a bit punk or I mean a bit indie that, do you know what I mean and everything kind of alluded and I didn't want a name that ties the band to a a specific fan group or anything like that because I I don't necessarily write music that all sounds the same you know we've got heavy tunes and we've got some nice laid back tunes and you know we might even play the old ballad here who knows Ooh. who knows I don't, I'm not too sure about the jazz stuff yet but um, you know we, we don't want to be but we're you know we, we're undeniably rock and roll I'd say you couldn't say we're not a rock and roll band but we don't want to have people's perceptions swayed until they, they hear us or see us. You know what I mean? So I wanted a name that didn't allude to anything. I wanted something that stood out. And Mavis is, it actually comes from uh, an old French word for songbird. And uh, I think it's, sort of, I don't know, there'll probably be some uh, like horror fan out there that'll shoot me, but I think it's, I think it's the name of Dracula's wife or something like that. Or the first, I don't know. I think she might have been murdered or something. I, I don't know. But there's some weird backstory in there. But it's it's a French word for songbird. And Mavis, I think it's it's just, I don't know, it's bold. And for some reason, I felt like it, it kind of encapsulated the thing. I don't know why. It's, it's an old, it's just a traditional old woman's name. Obviously, none of us are old women. But there is something about it that when you say it, and you hear it and you look at it, it makes sense. <laughs> but no, Mavis just means songbird. So where and uh, where and how do you guys rehearse? Do you go to a rehearsal room? Do you rehearse where you are? Or It's a combo of a few things. You know, um, we like to get in a room, you know, at least one or two, two times a week, but that's not the end of rehearsals. Yeah, you know, if there's a if there's a gig on, then we'll probably do like three or something. But then in the times where we're not there, we still hit like we don't stop. Like the fact that I'm talking to you now is kind of giving us a night off. In anything like this is probably the least I've done in in ages <laughs> in ages. Yeah, because if we're not in rehearsal there, we we're, we're here recording. Are we rehearsing here? We just do it. Um, it's a bit weird. It took a while to get used to rehearsing. So, because there's obviously no sound in the room other than the pitter patter of, you know, the electric drum kit, which is a bit weird. Because someone tried filming it once, <laughs> then you watch it back because we all had headphones on, and someone tried filming it. Like, oh, this is well cool. And then uh, you, you, the show is a video, and all you hear is tiffy tap. You know, and you're like, that's great. That it is. It's a, bit, it's a bit underwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's cool. We got used to it. It's a different thing. We kind of find it a bit... Sometimes in rehearsal, like the loud rehearsals, it can be a bit mushy, you know, because you're crammed in a, a small box. And, you know, you've got to at least be as loud as a junkie, haven't you? Um, so by the time you've got all that, if you can hear the PA and... You know, it's still hard to make anything out a lot of the time, I think, in a, in a big rehearsal. But you can't... I love it, though. You can't beat the feeling of just being amongst all that noise. 
you know like that's that's the thing i love about it all is it's just the being amongst the nice you know um that's why it took me a while to adapt to the uh the practicing on the electric thing but it is good because it gives you a bit more of a chance to hear it and when we're here we can record anything it's all just you know it, it, it's obvious it's all just wired up to go so we can play back and hear what we're doing you know what i mean um so that's the advantage it's good for writing or um you know just sorting out your, your general parts oh god i might not play that again you know what i mean <laughs> like oh that was really cool what was your first gig like as a band maybe with your current lineup what was what was that gig like it was pretty cool um it wasn't to a lot of people we kind of we kind of kept it a bit hush hush because at the time like i say we didn't even know if we could do it and we only found out we could do it um when Will come for his audition and we jammed with him for a bit and then said, do you think, do you think you'd do this in a couple of weeks? So it, it went, it actually went really well. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't packed out, but it was a good starting point. It was just like, and that's all we kind of wanted to use that gig for. It really served its purpose. It was to see if, you know, if Will liked it, you know, he'd just been for a, a, a bit of a, an audition. And then all of a sudden he's thrown into, right, Rehearsal again tomorrow, rehearsal again tomorrow, rehearsal again. You know what I mean? And um, going to the thing. So, you know, me and me and Reese are like, oh, God, we hope he likes it, you know? And he played the gig and it... And thus, forward. So it wasn't good. It wasn't, sorry, it wasn't that like, uh, it's not that, that extravagant a story of like big disasters there, but... Uh, no, it was all right, and that that was it. It was a good gig. It was a, it was a good gig, and it was good. F- it it was good for me because it really felt like the start of something. You know what I mean? And it, and that's what I took from it. Although I think Will managed to crash his car into something. I'm not sure. Something happened to his car. It, it was something silly. It wasn't a big disastrous accident, but got a new one now anyway laughing <laughs> have you had any like nightmare experience gigs where everything's gone wrong or have you been pretty lucky so far oh there was one where we're thinking that i'm not joking it's going to sound ridiculous it's never happened again but there was a few things so i was using a drop pedal i never used one before because i don't really like using a lot of pedals um but there was a, we wanted to do this intro that at the time we were playing it and I, I was coming up with a song and I thought it would be really cool as an intro. I was playing it in E. Um, but we needed an intro for the, the the gig that we had. I thought, why don't we just use this? But the song that we, we kick off the gig with was in D. So I thought, but I wanted that big low bong of the, the low E string that you get. So I had to drop the whole thing rather than just playing the D. You know what I mean? And then when it comes into the to the song where I kick it back, I've kicked it, but it ain't changed. So um, the whole start of that was all, all wrong. And then we proceeded to be out of tune for the rest of the gig. I figured that bit out, but somehow, somehow, we were out of tune for the rest of the gig. And we were at it, and, we were all, and everyone, the crowd, we, we, they were having a good time. And afterwards, everyone's like, that was mint. And we were like, I swear something sounded funny, you know. And everyone's like, no, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, um, I'm not sure. Something's like, we watched the videos back and we're all just out of tune. It was a very strange experience. 
But everything had gone wrong on that gig. Like, it was just really weird. It was in Salford, for starters. So, uh, this is a sign. We took it as a bit of an omen from this point. Because everything was weird. So, we, we get we get promised free drinks. Because, um, you know, we're not getting paid. And But we didn't mind, to be honest. Because we were just happy to, to get gigging. You know, as a lot of bands are. And it looked pretty cool, the place. So, we were pretty excited to do it. But then we get there and with sound checks and everything. And we thought things sounded a bit weird at sound check, which is why by the time we thought things sounded weird later, we just thought this place is weird. And we'd had that stranger day. And we were oddly having actually a great time on stage. Uh, to be honest, to Reese's credit, he played his heart out on that gig. Like the video is, Reese's drumming is insane. It's just for some reason... We decided not to play in key. <laughs> we never made that mistake since. But yeah, we go we go to ask about the free drinks, and we go to the bar. We said we're not sure what the you know what's happening, but um, we were told we get free gigs for the for playing. Uh, the venue's upstairs, see the bar's downstairs. So we said we're playing playing upstairs, and we told we get free drinks. And then this woman who was dead nice to us two seconds ago, you know, oh hi, how are you? Dead nice. And then. Um, her face changed and she was just like nope nope who said you get free drinks and I was like oh wow we, we just got told we got free drinks is it not from is it is it him there that gives him you know what I mean and she's like no nobody gets free drinks and I go upstairs to sort it out find the free drinks come back out and Reese is upstairs now with this this woman followed him up the stairs and he's, he's screaming screaming what's going on no one gets served up here and this and we thought oh my god what what are we in for because uh, there's also this crazy person that's trying to charge you two pounds to poke this to stroke this cat i'm not joking man what venue is this what's going on i i Dude, we never experienced anything like it. It's at the door. This woman's trying to charge two pounds to to, to to I can't even speak to stroke this cat. That it, like it looks mangled. The poor thing. I don't know what's happened to it, but it's all. It's not good. It's not good, Phil. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Very strange. And then and even the pizza place was weird. I'm not getting into this to the pizza place but we just took it as an omen from that point that, that I don't know maybe avoid Salford nah if there's any Salfordians or Salfordites yeah maybe not all bad sorry but our experience there wasn't too good so far <laughs> I think I think my last podcast guest was from Salford I can't exactly remember where he's from no, nah, I'm always joking. Sometimes the Manchester and Salford lads I call, like, you know, they had to set the mic out of each other and that, but nah, it's all cool. But that place was very strange. Very strange place. You're, you're all on the wrong side of the Pennines as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm, I'm from Leeds. I'm from Leeds. I know I ain't got the accent anymore, but I am. Oh, yeah, sorry. So you're not from down south then? No, no, no. I'm from, I'm from Leeds. Again, my accent died years ago, so just the way it is. Oh, well. Less about me, the better. Um, moving back to yourselves and away from the monkey cat, <laughs> how do you guys write songs as a band? Does it come from jams? Does it come from specific ideas you have? Or how does that work? It's like, a, I guess it's a mixture. Also, I mean, none of us sit down and go, now is the time to, now, you know, 
to, to bestow the greatest song in the world upon upon people. You know what I mean? Because we, we, I don't know. I can't do it like that. I'm not. I know there's there's songwriters out there that you know you hear about the guys in Nashville. You know, because everyone in Nashville is supposed to be amazing. Like the guy serving your tea is probably better than your guitar. You know. Um, and they have songwriters where it's you know it's literally their job, and you know they'll be scheduled Tuesday and Wednesday from from the hours of eleven till two, and then they'll go to the next studio where they're writing with someone else, and that's just how they work. They just churn out songs, but that's not that's not kind of what what we do, really. You know, we it is kind of one of them going fishing, waiting for it to fall out the sky type things. I mean, I don't I don't sit there waiting or trying, but I. I just don't stop playing and songs come when they come type thing. I mean, if it, sometimes it, it'll come from jamming. I can have a riff idea, we'll jam it with a band and then it all just expands from there and, and the lyrics come over it. Sometimes it's just, I'll sit with an acoustic and, and there's a song, but it, they, when they happen, they do tend to happen pretty fast. It, I can't think of a song where it's like we've had to sit and work on it and work on it. I mean, it's different when it's coming to the record. So we started, we've we've done one of the demos that's just basically waiting for, for the drums now because we're building, well, we've actually finished building, he's picked it up today, his uh, drum kit, which you're going to love the colour. I don't know if you want me to reveal it until it is seen. It's, we've been waiting for that to be finished so that we can record the real drums because um, we kind of had to do it the you know the the build it bit by bit way so we started with an ish an initial record the hardest thing for me is like finding the metronome and all that because i really do struggle to you know not not play with the click as such but you know find when you listen i don't know it's hard to get the feel the same sometimes when you listen back like say if you record something just quick and you just you just play the idea to find the right when you got to do it to a click track and that I find it quite hard to find the one that captures the feeling of all the bits right you know and I know you can automate the things and I faffed about with that for ages I wasted the right order time I can't, I can't bother maybe there's people out there that can do it really fast and really easily but I'm not one of them I've not got the time I'll tell you what the best thing to do best thing to do with um, clicks if you're not vibing with it is don't have a click like find find your tempo sure whatever that is do a very quick drum loop like if you've got some drum digital drum software make a quick drum loop something very simple that you can just copy and paste and that's a lot more musical that's kind of where we go but we the way we do it is what well at least what we started to now and we find it works and it's the fastest the way we found that everything we're kind of all happy with it um, is we'll record a quick version where we just play it without the click and then there's like loads of apps on your phone there's probably a plugin that does it but I'm just too thick to figure it out and we just play it back with this thing that measures like the tempo of it or whatever and um, we kind of just go off an average of that and then if we think it needs a bit faster or anything like that then we just go from there because we can't argue because that's how we play it like we record the song like we just play the song like free like two or three times or something um, and then just see what it sort of averages out at and then that's how we've done it and it works and then we'll just sort of build it up from there I record I re redo some guitars to it um, and then 
Riesel lay down and apart on his electric kit, which we then kind of use as the basis to get all of the other parts down, like the actual takes, you know, like I'm going back now and, you know, actually focused on the guitar and, and got the sound right and mic'd it up probably before, before to, for ease, like I've got one of them U, UA ox boxes. So for quickness and everything and ease, we, ju- we just record the quick thing with that. And then when it's time to, to do it properly, we I've got a two by 12 that I stick in in the box upstairs and we'll do it properly and then build it up from there and then we just sort of get them tracks ready for the drums and then it's all down to Reese to get his parts on it um, the other two boys write tunes as well though equally they um, we, we all have songs and, and stuff knocking about but it's good because we, we all listen to different things Um. I, I like a lot of stuff, you know. I do come from the rock and roll thing, but I like a lot of old school funk, like uh, Betty Davis and the Meters and stuff. And then I like, sign the Family Stone, and I don't know, like the Beach Boys, to Marilyn Manson, to Snoop Dogg, to all sorts of stuff. The Black Crows. Um, Reese comes from a more punk and pop punk and stuff like that, which I don't listen to pop punk, but. Um, Reese and Will love that, but then Will crosses the boundaries with Eels, uh, Guns N' Roses and stuff like that, um, which Reese very doesn't like. I mean, very much doesn't, like. <laughs> you know. But it doesn't matter because we just get on. It's a, it's completely a musical thing, and just how we are. Like I say, it was nothing to do with even the technical ability or that. It was just we just knew when we we all walked in the room with each other that there was something. And that's what you need, isn't it? And having people come from different stylistic approaches can really help build something that's unique. So you can all bring that in. It does. Ha- it does happen faster. I think if like you find yourself struggling, like to finish a song, just move on to something else. You know, a song. It comes to you realize it's just a song. It's just a song. You're gonna write a thousand more. You know, because yeah, I do it all the time. You know, you try and make everything a masterpiece, but you gotta remember sometimes it's just a song. And sometimes you just need to drop the idea and come back to it another time. Yeah, sometimes you need to know when it. You know, it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And it doesn't matter. Maybe the riff is cool. Maybe this, but it, it's just not happening. Go on to something else. and Because uh, it, when it's good, it does come quick. You know, if, if Will's got an idea that's mint, we all, we all just get behind it straight away. I, I'll have a riff. Reese will start doing a, a drum thing. Will will join in with the bass. And then we'll all start just throwing in bits because that's that's what happens. And then by the end of it, you know, half an hour later, you've almost got something that sounds like a, a song. Yeah, I mean, I think, do think there is the other side of like when you get to the, you know, the recording it and listening back in the studio thing and you might, you might tweak, you know, uh, caught with some better parts or, you know, throw in a better lyric or something here and there. Because like we, just the other day, we, I've been, we changed lyrics. I don't even know if I've seen, sang the same lyrics every gig, you know what I mean? It, it, they just change. But when you get to, I don't know, so when you get to the studio or whatever or wherever you're doing it, and you come to put it down, then certain things happen again when you really hear it and you're feeling it. And, you know, you might just sing something else and there's the line, you know. It's a good moment when you just find that right thing that just kind of works and you go, ah, that's it. That's what I was looking for. I always find it's like, it feels like, sometimes it can feel like you're getting nowhere around them. And it just, like, it can be like 10 minutes if you, 
to to people just like oh I don't you're all just like I don't know what's going you know you can't find the line and everything you're saying sounds stupid but then someone says a word and it can literally be a word in it could I don't know it could have been uh, I made beans on toast or whatever but so something stands out and it makes you you come up with something and then you say that and then it becomes the the thing and it just like spirals and then all of a sudden the, the, there's a thing you know it's a hard thing to describe I think any anything to do with sound or writing or or painting or yeah anything artistic kind of hard to describe in it you know what would you say has been the biggest success of the band so far the biggest success um other than what we're currently doing and these these recordings because they're they, we would just i've spent the past week doing some guitar tracks and the finally it's like we've landed on sound that i've been trying to make in my head for years and it, it, it's like honestly a, a lot of things have really come together for me for that and i can't wait for people to hear it even if no one even even if no one likes it i have like I'm so happy with how this, and that's the thing, like you talk about success to me, like I don't think personally for what I want to achieve, I, I don't think, I don't think Mavis could ever fail in that because we just want to be true to what we are and make great music, you know, and if people dig the music, that's, that's cool. But at the end of the day, we're, we're not bothered if people like it. What we're bothered about is if we want to listen to it, <laughs> yeah. do we want to put it on our record player, you know? That's what we're bothered about. And, you know, you'd like to think if you want to, maybe some, maybe at least two other people might. You don't know, you know? Doing something that at least you enjoy. Like, you don't want to Disney and not enjoy it. Yeah, but the, I'd say the biggest success that has, has happened so far would probably be the last gig we played at um, Manchester Academy 3, which was, to me, it, it was pretty monumental. It was... Well, it wasn't. It wasn't the first time we had a good, a, a good crowd. We, every time we have, we have a crowd, they're they're a great crowd. But for me, it was like finally seeing our, you know, because we've not got music out yet, you know. Um, but each gig, there's more people. The each gig, there's more people, and it can only be a word of mouth thing, because nobody wanted to give us gigs. Nobody wanted to give us gigs anywhere, and. As soon as we played one, it was not that long ago, we played one at Retro Bar straight away um, we, after the sound check. Yeah, it's like, that was unreal. Have you got any more gigs, Box? And we're like, no, no, you're just happy to do this one. Yeah, and then it's like, wow, well, well we, we're getting you on some nights and if, let me talk to you after the show. You know what I mean? And then from there, it, it's just like, we've had to, we have to keep telling people, we've got a gig on that day. You know, and try to organize things. I was like, whoa, we've got to actually think about, like before we just go, yep, 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 yep. Now it's like, whoa, okay. Well, we want to say yes to everything, but can we slot it in? And, you know, where can we do it? And how can we make this one bigger than that one? And this one bigger than that? Do you know what I mean? And like, and just the fact that, but for me, with going back to the success thing, before I go off on a a bit of a tangent again, it was finally seeing that crowd and people, people singing the song. Like we've not got the songs out. Well, the people are singing the lyrics and there's people on people's shoulders and all that stuff is like it's like right this is this this is it now and the sound on stage is like the best sound we'd ever had and it was it was just for us it was a monumental night 
and uh, I think it really does mark like a turning point for me personally in this whole thing and that that's the that's the biggest success to date I just can't wait to get this I, I it's because I um I mean, no, people might, you might think it's rubbish. I don't know. But I can't get over the stuff that we're doing at the minute. I really can't wait for people to wear it because I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm pretty proud of it so far. That's always, that's always good. So it's good to enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. So, um, what goals do you have for the band in the next six months to a year or so? Where, where are you planning on heading? In the next six, well, we've got a few things scheduled in already for the next six months. Um, at the minute, we're trying to finish off these recordings, uh, at least a couple of tunes. We want to have something out. So that's the priority. Um, just before, I think the week weekend before that, uh, we'll be playing, we're headlining the Stockport Blues Festival, which takes place at the Garrick Theatre and the Spinning Top in Stockport. There's a lot of cool people there. It, it, I've, I've been a part of that every year so far. Um, Really good. I really like what they're doing. It's set up by a guy called uh, John Ingham, a uh, great guitarist, and he runs a lot of like blues jam nights and things like that around town. Which is how I, I met them all. And like, in times when I didn't have, um, I didn't have a band or anything, I used to just go to the the blues jam. Night. There's not a lot. They want a lot in Stockport. It, it, it's uh, you know people people think of Manchester as this big music scene and and this that and the other. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe if you look at it, it did, but. It's not quite what what is made out to be now, and there was a lot of um, a lot of rubbish, for lack of a better lack of a better thing, and, it, and it's only rubbish because it you get a lot of people that dig the fantasy, is how I always put it, and you know the bands that just sort of fizzle out and they just kind of go in jinga jinga jing to to get some attention off the mates for like a thing, that, and they last like five days and then they fizzle out. Because they realise if you want to be good at it, you've you've got to do some work. You know, it's like anything. You know, but I don't know. There's a lot. There's not a lot for bands, or there wasn't. You know, a few years ago. There's more stuff opening up now. Um, in Stockport. So, but there was these blues jam nights, and you know, you just rock up with your guitar or your drumsticks or a harmonica or whatever you want to play. And um, there's a woman that takes saxophone, really good player. I mean, I, saxophone is best suited for like a bridge in New York or something. But, <laughs> you know, it's cool. And mega player. And um, Rod, Rod Mayall, who is uh, the brother of John Mayall, as in John Mayall and the, the Blues Breakers. Um, he plays the Hammond there quite a lot. He was when I, I, I thought, who's this space wizard? Because it, it literally, it looked like some kind of space wizard. It, it, his hair's everywhere, like Albert Einstein. And it almost looked like, you know, he was in a different realm or something. And he, But he brought a full-on Hammond organ and the, and the big Leslie speaker and everything to this little bar. And, oh my God, the sound of it. It was the first time I'd heard a Hammond, like, in that, that sort of close proximity, you know. The sound, it just filled the room. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be a guitar. I know I'm a guitarist, but it's just sound. I just love sound. Yeah, it, it was really good. It was set up by this guy called John Ingham. Anyone in, who's visiting Stockport, if it's on, you should maybe pay it a visit. It's pretty cool. Just get up and play a few blues tunes. But yeah, I used to go there when I didn't have a band for ages. And uh, I don't always get the chance to go down now because we, we're dead busy. But um, 
Oh, yeah, we'll be we'll be headlining the Blues Festival there. Um, we're gonna be playing in October at Off the Square on October the twenty seventh, I do believe is the date. I'm not sure. We've got a ticket link up just yet, um, but we'll be sorting that out very soon. Um, it's a cool venue if you've not been. Um, we went to see our mates band there uh, when suddenly, uh, not long ago. They're cool. Check them out. Um, really good friends of ours. And it's a cool venue, really, really cool place. Like, uh, so like brick walls and stuff, but it just it's a bit of an odd shape as well. It's not like you know most venues are long, aren't they? If you say if you're looking, if you're on the stage or you're looking at the stage, it's like a it's a long, you know. But this is sort of like really you're really close to the stage everywhere, but it's wide. Like it's it. Do you get what I mean? It's like the stage is kind of in the middle, and then you've got this big wide space around it, but. It's um sorry I went a bit far from the mic then I know it was a bit funny um but it's a really cool place it's cool cool sort of uh, vibe in there and we're looking forward to that gig um I think there's a few of it we're, we're playing with a band in a place called Whitchurch sort of the first out of Manchester Stockport thing that we're doing um I've never been there myself personally but it's a place called Percy's which looks really cool it's like a cool little grungy place um with a band called Smoke Over Elsewhere and Blue Syrup, I think it's the other band we're playing with. But we're looking forward to that. Um, I think we've booked in, there's a few more gigs. There's, there's quite a few gigs booked at the end of the year. And then we're looking at, we're organising a pretty big one as well. Um, I'm not going to reveal any details yet until we've got it all sorted. But we're looking at setting up a pretty big gig, um, especially once we've got these, you know, these releases out so that's kind of it really we want to get these songs out and then get back into the gigging we're well, not back into it it's not we're not we're not stop gigging but just just get at it basically um hopefully we want to try branching out for manchester at some point i think we'll be able to look at that very soon come to london yeah well definitely um i went to a really good gig there a few years ago actually um because i was down for for i was down for some reason or other but my um friend was in a band it's called Paul Bow he's big in the, the music scene up here he owns uh, South, South City Studios he was in a band called Federal Charm and they were playing they happened to be playing on the night we were there and went to this band called Big Red yeah yeah it's not there anymore it's gone is it not? yeah it, it closed uh, beginning of pandemic I think it was a great venue I have been there a couple I, I did go there a couple of times Oh, that's a shame. I mean, I'd only been there once, so I can't comment other than that night. But I had a really good night there, and it seemed like a really cool place. I've still got a t-shirt. I wear. It. I actually wear it. It's, it's, cool. <laughs> it's cool. That's what I mean. You don't find many bars that sell that. Yeah, you, you don't see many bars that sell shirts. See, that are actually cool as well, and you want to wear them. Yeah, that's true. My final question to you um, is an interesting and simple one: is what is your best piece of advice for bands nowadays? Make sure you're doing something that's truthful. You know, it's real. Make sure it's real. You know, don't... I mean, a big thing with Arafik is that it, there's no compromise. We don't We don't want to... Don't write songs because you think other people will like it. Don't do things because you think that's how you, you've got... I mean, I mean, if all you're interested in is making it, then, then go do that. But I mean, if you're interested in making great music, um, it, you know, to me, it has to be truthful. You know, to yourself. Just sing you know, don't sing like you're some cowboy from Memphis or like you grew up in Compton when really you were from a really nice suburb in 
Oh, if nowhere's really nice. I can't think of any nice places up here, can you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, but you know, when really you live out in the country somewhere, you know, sing about herding your sheep. You know, give us something real. I'm not bothered what it is, as long as it's it's truthful. You know, don't don't compromise your your vision or whatever it is, and just stay true to yourself. That that's 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 sort of my thing. Because you can't. You, you know what I mean? It's like, you, if you're into it and it's what you do, you're going to be doing it for the rest of your life anyway. So don't stress about it too hard either because you might as well enjoy it because otherwise you're just going to be stressing out the rest of your life. It's like, yeah. Wise, wise words. Definitely wise words. Are they actually? I don't know if any of this is actually any good for anyone out there. I don't know. Well, I've enjoyed it. I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe that's that's all that matters. Again, I, I'm doing something that I enjoy. So, who cares what anyone else thinks? No, exactly. Nothing really matters, does it? Wow, Bailey, it has been great to talk with you. Thank you very much. As it, I really hope that this is useful <laughs> for the people out there in some way. I don't know if I've helped you with the music survival guide. I just talked about random stuff that we've done. Don't ever play a gig out, you know, out of tune the whole way through. Buy a tuner. Good words. <laughs> Definitely buy a tuner. I know I'll give you some advice, but this is the most important piece. Buy a tuner. <laughs> Get one. <laughs> well, hello. I bet you weren't expecting to hear me at the end of the podcast, but ta-da, here I am. I was chatting with... I don't know why I said it like that. I was chatting with Bailey after we finished the interview and he was talking to me about the fact that they are... They're getting ready to, to get some music together, but it's not yet finished. He was very honest about that. But... They have a demo that is complete and he would love it to be played at the end of the podcast. So this is a bit of a worldwide premiere of a kind of in in, pro, in process version of a song, which I think you might find interesting. So this is Mavis with Black Fur. Enjoy.